You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? And we are here with episode nine. Episode nine, cranking out the episodes. So, Tyler, how's it been running this week? Um, it's been a lot of interesting sessions, and um, it's kind of been up and down. It ended up being slightly up, which is always nice. Oh yeah, you can never, uh, never complain about a win. So, <laughs> right, absolutely. Um, I have a pretty interesting hand for you because I actually, well, I guess I don't want to spoil what happened, but let me kind of get into it really because this was the one I, whenever it happened, I was like, I can't wait to tell it tell you on the podcast so i was playing and i was i was at 52 for this session and i was in the big blind and then someone was doing the button straddle and um the game had been playing pretty big so i ended up opening up to 35 preflop and it folds all the way around to the button he ends up making the call um, on the flop, the flop came ace, seven, nine, rainbow. So I was kind of thinking after I raised big, I didn't want to just lead out and bet again and just get him to full because there's almost nothing on there that he could have, right? Did you say what you had here? Pocket aces. Pocket aces? Okay. Yep. Uh, and, it is, and it is ace, seven, nine, rainbow? Correct. Okay, yeah, this is... God, this is tough. Uh, yeah, I don't know what I do here. I, I I think you could check or like a small down bet. I mean, the, he doesn't. He's never having an ace here. It seems like so. I just kind of yeah. I don't know. You, I, I think you could check or down bet. What did you end up doing here? I checked it to him, thinking that there was nothing that he could have. Seems seems very right. And he checked it back, so I was kind of like, Ugh. The turn brings the fourth ace in the deck, giving me quads. Oh, wow. So now the board is ace, ace, seven, nine. Oh, God. Well, I mean, here, I mean, well, this is actually kind of a good card for you because it looks like you never have an ace here. Well, I mean, it's obviously a good card. It, it gave you quads, <laughs> right? So that was a pretty idiotic statement, uh, but it but it's it's kind of deceptive that I mean, and it looks like you never have an ace here. You check the ace on the flop, so and it looks like you don't have here. So when you bet, your bet might not get a ton of respect. I don't know if he has anything to call you with, but it might not get a lot of respect. Right, because once you make quads, it's one thing, but then you also have to get some value from it. Yeah, uh, it's, and just considering you have so much of the the board locked up, it tends to be very hard to get value from quads. So I actually checked it to him. That's an interesting move. That's I wouldn't have done that, but I don't I don't hate it. That's a I think that I find that pretty interesting. Yeah, well, he actually bets twenty five into the pot. Mm, okay, did you go for the check raise or the check call? Check call. This kind of makes you a weird, a weird spot on the river. Are you uh, okay? Tell me what the river is. Uh, the river is an offsuit three. An offsuit three. So, poker theory says you're supposed to check here and let him bet, but I don't think I think I just lead out. I mean, I feel like a lot of times you're just if you end up checking. And he bets if you re-raise, it looks way strong, and you get a lot of folds. And if you goes check check, it's a disaster. So did you bet? Did you lead out here? I actually checked it to him. Oh, okay, okay, Go, going in flow. Right. So I checked it to him, and he didn't let me down. He bet seventy five. Ooh, this is this is pretty. And here's what happened. So I went to grab the raising chips, right? And in my head, I was thinking, I'm going to make this very small. I'm going to make it 200 to get the value on these aces, this quads, right? Okay. So I start reaching for chips, right? And he goes, 
hey man, I already have a boat. Be careful. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Talk about music to your ear. I mean, you don't know if he's lying or not. I mean, it could be to make you uh, not call here. But, I mean, or, you know, not re-raise too big here. But, I mean, if he has a boat here, I mean, this must have been hard not to tap dance at the table. <laughs> right. So, I had the 200 in my hand. And he was on my right and my chips were on my left, so he couldn't really see. He goes, well, I have a boat here. So guess who scooped up another hundred to put in the pond? <laughs> I said, well, when worded that way, let me grab 300 real quick. Because I only had about 475 behind. But I only had 200 in my hand originally. When I started moving, he goes, I already have a boat. I just froze. So, okay, so did he see you reach down for chips, then tell you he has a boat and reach down for more? Like, was it very obvious? I don't think so. No, I'd already kind of cut the chips out, but I had, a, I was actually going to use red chips. So I only had a uh, hundred in green and then I was grabbing, I put the green on top of a red, but I was still getting it out. And I'd already, if you were on my left, you could see I'd already got the 200, but he was on my right. So he couldn't see because I was reaching with my right hand. And when he said that I used my left hand and scooped that extra hundred and then push it in the center. <laughs> right. And then he goes, man, Cause I had about, like I said, 175 behind. He goes, man, I already, am I really going to fold this? I already have a boat. I have a boat. I told him, I said, man, if you have a boat, you should probably raise. That's <laughs> 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 what I told him. And then he said, Ugh. he's like, I have a boat. I don't think I can fold this. And he put the call in. He's like, well, no, first he was trying to, he was like, can you show me one? I told him, definitely not. Can't show you one. Yeah. And then he ended up putting the call in, and then he just packed up his stuff and went home. Oh, wow. Oh, okay, so it, was it for all of his chips? No, he was pretty deep stacked, but he had pocket seven, so he flopped a set to my set, to his turn boat, to my turn quads. God, man. I wonder, so y'all were pretty damn deep here. Did you ever think of just being like, I don't think you have shit, and, <laughs> and just shoving it all in? And, I mean, like, kind of doing it that way, like, like whatever, man. <laughs> I I wish I would have told him, well, I have ace-king, and I don't think you can beat it. I'm all in and turn over one ace. Yeah. But I, I didn't. I mean, I was already so shocked in the moment. I mean, it sounds like he was actually, like, a little torn. I mean, I don't think he—I think it was all for show. I don't think he was ever folding there. He's never folding that a boat there. But, yeah, I mean, it did sound seem like he might have been suspicious. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, I usually don't go into table antics like that. But, I mean, if somebody tells me they got a boat there, I don't know. I'd just be like, I think I'd just go all, like, already got that, you know, redneck accent. <laughs> I don't think you have shit, Sonny. You know, <laughs> we're, you, you ain't got the balls to call this. You ain't got any damn thing. So, I don't know. And just and just shove it all in. And, I mean. <laughs> that would have been bold. <laughs> I might have lost a lot of value when he did unfold a boat, but I don't know. I've been super tempted. <laughs> yeah, so that would have been. But yeah, so he put the call in, and then after all the after you know turning quads, still ended up to clock out or sorry, end up leaving the session with exactly zero. <laughs> God, that's never good. Would you get quads to a boat and leave zero? Oh God. Yeah, sometimes things go sideways, and you just. You just let it go all the way off the trail, you know, all the way off the tracks, and just you end up in the ditch going home. Uh, it's happened to me before. I've been in that ditch going home all the t uh, several times, not all the time, or else I wouldn't be playing poker. Because <laughs> I always remember thinking, like, when I see someone get like quads and get the full double up and then end up leaving broke, I'm like, how's that happen? If only I could get quads, I wouldn't go home broke. Yeah, I was and, wrong. Yeah, you it's... get cocky when you get quads. <laughs> <laughs> you feel like it might be your session, like everything's gonna go your way. Yeah. In the end, it's just one hand. <laughs> yeah, so it turns out it had nothing to do with the rest of the session other than I lost. But it was all right because I ended up, you know, like I said, being profitable for the week um, despite that one losing session. So that's that's pretty good. That's really nice. But here's something else I've been dying to talk to because it's been so long since we recorded last episode because people don't understand how close we were to not recording this one. We just barely squeeze it in. I mean, it's... 
eight in the morning and we both got off work. I can guarantee you we were very close to not having an episode this week. But um so I went so I was playing a different session, right? This was this was actually my most recent session, so like two days ago. Okay. So I I'd got a new phone, so I've been, I've been playing. So kind of my new thing at the table is when I'm bored, I just play games on my phone and put a headphone in and try to listen to music. Because with my old phone, I couldn't really hear, like, couldn't really play music or podcast. really crummy phone, so I upgraded. So I had a, a headphone in for this hand, right? Okay. I'd already folded, and, you know, I saw a pretty big pot brewing, but, you know, I was kind of doing my own thing because I've been playing for a very long time. And I see all the, I see uh, one of the guys put all the money in, right? And then, so I kind of, I paused the music and, you know, started looking around to see what's going on. But I still have one of the headphones in on my right. And one guy was saying something, but so they, no one would turn the cards over basically is what was happening. Kind of that on the river when they both call. Okay. Right. So one guy goes, I he was straight. And the other guy said, two pair. And there was still pause. And the dealer says, someone show me something. And the guy turned over jack high after saying he had a straight. I mean, you want to talk about tension being high. That is... I mean, that's like an angle shoot to the point where damn near cheat. I mean, like you have to be a piece of shit to do something like that. It's a, I, I don't know, that that is just, so I mean, so one guy had two pair, he says he has a straight, just trying to get the other guy to muck his cards. Correct. And then, and then gets called down to, that is, you have to be, like, I don't know, you, that is just the bottom of the barrel as far as poker goes. I mean, and here's, so, that person had just sat down at the table and was getting, you know, just getting kind of destroyed, right? And then I think they thought that they were going to do pretty good at this table and then was getting destroyed and then pulls that move out, right? And then the dealer who was dealing looks over to him and says, what are you doing, man? You work here. How could you, like, what are you doing? So he actually worked there? Yeah, that's what the dealer was saying. He's like, you you work here. What are you doing? Oh, wow. That is just insane to me. I just, like, how could you... Uh, one is, okay, forget him working there. Like, if that's the way you got to get money, if you're so poor in poker that you got to try to cheat people who are legitimately playing out or try to angle shoot to this degree, then, I mean, you just shouldn't be playing poker. Uh, one is, if the money's that valuable to you, then you really shouldn't be at a poker table. I mean, and to do it at a place where, I mean, you're working, I don't know where this was, but, I mean... Yeah, but I mean, it's like, regardless of it, it's, you know, no place can be responsible for literally every stupid decision every employee makes. But, uh, that's just insane. I, I, I don't know. And then you risk your job. Because I will say right now, if I was at the table, I'm calling the floor. And, I, I mean, I'm not playing with someone who's going to angle shoot to that degree. That's That's just some bullshit. Well, and here's where things get... So, okay, so that happened, right? Right. And what I was saying about the headphone thing at first is because when the player got up to the restroom, I actually took my headphone off and talked to the dealer. I asked him, I said, well, what happened? Just so I could be clear because I know what I thought I saw, but I didn't see it from start to finish, you know, because I had a headphone on. And then the dealer cleared it up for me exactly what happened, that, you know, that the player had actually said two pair, and then he said straight afterward, trying to get him to muck it. And then when he didn't muck it, turned over Jack High. God almighty. Uh, like, I will say this. I'm glad the dealer at least called him out for it. Because if, if the dealer stays silent, this is just a disaster. I mean, at least he did call him out. I respect the dealer for that uh, and how he handled it. And I guess that's all you can do as a dealer. But, man, I just... That is so shitty. I mean... And it gets worse. It gets worse than that? I mean, okay, sorry. That's a bit of exact. It doesn't get worse than that, <laughs> but the story gets worse because he angle shoots some more. you got to be kidding me. 
<laughs> right. So he comes back from the restroom, right? The board ran out because now I have my headphones off, put in my pocket because I need to see what's going on kind of thing, right? Yeah, well, if you know there's a player who's going to use every tri- cheap trick in the book, <laughs> I mean, you ver- very well better be paying attention. So here's basically what happened on the river again. The board ran out. Um, it was like King King 886, right? And he had a pair of sixes. So, and the other guy had a high card that, you know, obviously beat the six. His, right? Okay. So he got counterfeited on the river. And he was saying he was trying to get the dealer to chop the pot with him. He was like, he was like, no, it's a chop. It's a chop. We both have two pair. Even though the other guy's queen high played. Did the other guy catch it like immediately? It was the same dealer. He just looked at him. He told, I was like, he was like, what's going on? And he was so kind of disgusted and kind of annoyed. He told me to explain to him what's going on. Oh, wow. He's like, you can tell him why he's not getting the pot, but he knows. God almighty, man. This is, this is horrible. I just, to have people with ethics this low at a poker table, I mean, you know, it's, poker gets a bad name. Like, uh, we've talked about this before, like, your family's like, doesn't mind gambling, but like, like my dad, like, thinks that poker, like, he grew up in in an era where, like, poker was just looked down upon kind of like slimy and all that and it's not that way anymore there's a lot of great people i mean you look at like the matt vaughn situation what happened there a lot of people that go above and beyond there's a lot of charity that goes in from poker but stuff like this is what gives it a bad name and i just i I just can't stand people like this i mean and he even did one other thing that was similar to that chop pot where he was trying to get a pot that he didn't that didn't belong to him too God almighty. Yeah, I saw three times. I was like, well, when it's time to go, it's time to go, guys. So I just packed up and left. I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess you're going to find... I mean, so do you think there's certain people listening who might think, well, this is just part of the game and you use everything? Or you think everybody's going to be disgusted as I am? Well, see, whenever I talk to you, I kind of mentioned it to you before, you were way more disgusted than I was at the table actually being there. Yeah. Uh, it, it, I mean, it disgusted me. Like, when, yeah, when you mentioned it the first time and was you're mentioning it now, I just, I don't know, I find it to be such a slimeballish thing to do. I mean, when you're at a poker table, you are there, to, you know, you're there as a comp- competitive to take each other's money, but through poker, not through some slimy shit like that. I didn't even think that someone would call the floor because I don't really know what you would say and would there be a penalty like i don't know but i'll say this i mean yeah i I maybe maybe that's to no end but i i don't know i mean am i gonna have uh, is it better to call the floor than for me to have words with this person at the table i mean probably but i mean i i would i guess i was thinking you call the floor and be like well if this is the type of play that's going to go on, and this is the type of player that you're going to allow, especially knowing the guy works there, then I I either want to move tables or I need to visit another establishment if that's what's going to go on here. So. Yeah. Oh, I do remember what happened. So the other thing that happened before all this happened, um, the other thing that he did before this, and again, I didn't know he worked here. Um, so... I do remember the hand though. It was, a, it was a pretty new player in the hand against him, and they're both actually pretty deep stacked, right? And the flop came queen jack. Uh, maybe we'll just call it five rainbow, right? And I could tell that the new player wanted to bet, but didn't. And then he, um, he ended up betting, and then he called, and then the turn brought in the flush. And then he kind of, you could kind of see, then he checked it and he bet, he called. The river paired the jack, so he boated. Right? Okay. And then um, he checked the guy who was angling before, made a sizable bet, and the guy jammed all in on top of him for like $500 more. Right? Okay. 
and he's thinking and thinking forever, right? And the dealer, this is a completely different dealer than the previous hand. This is the dealer before, right? Okay. Kept saying like 497 more. And he's thinking and thinking. And I mean, it probably went on for like four, five minutes, six minutes, but the dealer was kind of like, kind of, kind of pushing him to make a decision. Like, we're all kind of sitting here like, what's going like, you know, you kind of need to make a decision at some point. Did anybody think to call a clock here? Um, no one did, but the okay. dealer just kept kind of like saying like, you know, like, come on, like kind of not, he was kind of pressuring him to kind of make a decision, which to be fair, isn't really the dealer's job, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, to a degree, I mean, like, uh, okay. Yeah. We, we could kind of, I think kind of is and isn't, but okay, let's go, let's go. So he calls and he's wrong because the guy boated on the river. Okay. Right. And then he rips into the dealer about it. He was saying, like, you shouldn't be pressuring me. He's like, and then he was like, it's my money. And then he was like, well, I could see that everyone was getting, that the other player was uncomfortable with how long you were taking. Everyone was kind of getting annoyed. And he's like, I don't care what they think. It's my money, my decision. They can call the clock if they want, is what he said. I mean, okay, on this one, and don't get me wrong, this guy doesn't, seems like a slime ball. But, I mean, on this, on this exact deal, I actually agree with him because if the players have the ability to call the clock and they don't call the clock, then that's kind of on them. Right. No, I mean, yeah. And I mean, I understand why you wouldn't. I've only called the clock one time before ended up in a horrible situation, but I mean, the guy took like seven or eight minutes, but I mean, but I mean, at least the players have that ability or the other guy in the hand has that ability. I mean, this is kind of on the players, and uh, on this one, I kind of got, I kind of, especially when he says if they want to call the clock, they can, they call the clock. I don't know. I, on this one, I do side with that guy. So, let's say all the other stuff, hate it, but the on that on that one instance, I do agree with him. Very interesting session, though. God, it sounds like a super interesting session. Definitely not boring. I can see why you took your headphones out. Yeah, because, I mean, I don't know. It just, it's kind of weird because to me, him yelling at the dealer seemed like a bit kind of overboard. I was like, God, like, you know, like, the dealer's trying to do his job. And him saying straight to the other guys, two pair. I mean, I'm always turning my cards over. If I, if I have two pair there, I mean... Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, you should always be aware. Well, I mean, as a poker player, I mean, you should be aware of acts like this. So, I mean, you should, like, be aware enough to make the guy show the hand, which the other guy did, and all of that. So, I mean, yeah, absolutely. But it's just, I don't know, I just feel like that's such a slime ball move. I completely agree. So, I guess you heard my story of last week. How had you been running? Oh God! Uh, <laughs> I, this guy is hard to compete with. Uh, it was a very profitable week for me. Uh, I ended up profiting. I mean, profitable, very profitable for my uh, my stakes. What I'm doing. Uh, I had one session at one point one thousand profit, and one at like two hundred fifty five. The uh, the first one was a very interesting start. Again, I keep, like, getting all excited. I go to these uh, places, and, like, I'm just ready to play poker for the night. End up with Ace-10 of Hearts, uh, a big suit of days. Race to 15, I get one call by the guy I kept saying looked like Nicolas Cage. <laughs> uh, so Nicolas Cage uh, calls me, and the flop is 10-5 deuce with two hearts. So, I mean, just nail this flop. Right. Uh, I bet 15. He min-raises to 30, and I call. So, the, I mean, I didn't love a min-raise. I mean, we always talk about in small stakes poker, if they raise the flop, you need to be damn well very suspicious. I mean, even the min-raise, too, because we and you had kind of, kind of throwing your hand off topic here, but I was going to say, 
like when you and I were talking about some some coaches talking about the min raise, I was like, oh man, I cannot wait to do this at you know my one three game one two game. Tell you what, it doesn't work that great. People catch right on. It didn't even work for a week. Oh yeah, it just immediately didn't work. <laughs> so, a, but uh, go, I'll let you yeah. continue with your hand. But I was just saying, I thought that's kind of those min raises, raises on the flop and min raises in general, very nutted normally. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so let me and let me clear this out. It was not ace ten of hearts. It was ace ten with the ace of hearts. Okay. So the flop is ten five deuce with two hearts. So I have top pair and backdoor nut flush draw. Gotcha. So with the top pair, top kicker, I'm ahead of king ten, queen ten, jack ten, uh, and I have also the the backdoor draw to the nuts. I call. I, th- I feel it's too strong to to uh, fold to a min race. So the two of hearts is on the turn. He bets a hundred. Now I'm super suspicious. I don't love it. He. I don't love this situation, but I now have a draw to the nuts. And I have a 10 top pair, top kicker, which I'm starting, I'm very well starting to believe is no good. Right. Uh. And so I do make the call. The river is the queen of diamonds. He bets a hundred, which is problematic because it does. Now it's a pretty small bet into this pot. That's what I was thinking, which is always kind of strong too. That's super strong. Uh, I end up calling, and he has pocket queens, and he uh made a set on the river. Oh God. So, he just, uh, like I say, he did not three-bet it, so it was very hard to put him there. I mean, I'm definitely never putting him on a set, but he was good before the set. So, it's, a, uh, yeah, it was, that, and then I had, like, another uh, hand. It was a high-low hand where I just had every draw in the world and just missed. And, I mean, it just floating around and not doing very well at this game that I was so excited to be playing at. So I finally get a hand in King Ten of Spades. Bet ten dollars, and it's seven ways to the flop. I'm like, oh god, I'm gonna have to n- just hit this to no end. I flop a flush. I'm like, most people don't lead out, but there's seven players, and like I say, I think it's less suspicious if I lead out for a small amount. Bet twenty, and I get one call. Obviously, the Ace of Spades was not on the flop, right? So you have the second nut here. Yeah, no ace of spades on gotcha. the flop. Gotcha, okay. Uh, then he, a bit 21 call, the turn comes, doesn't change anything. I bet 50, and he calls. The river comes, still nothing. It doesn't, no other spade that made it bigger, no pair of the, it didn't pair the board, or anything like that. And I'm thinking of what to bet here. I'm thinking of like a small size, but I'm like, well, if he's got a smaller flush, I mean, I just don't think he's folding here. I end up jamming, which, I mean, again, is not really even that big of a jam. It's uh, for a little under 200 and All right, that's how much he has. Uh, he tanks forever and calls. And I'm, I show King Ten of Spades, and I'm good. He never... He mucks. I don't know what he had. Uh, it, like... I don't think he checks the flush on the flop. Maybe he was just... Like an ace of spades with... I don't know, maybe he thought I had the ace of spades and was just, you know, barreling. I mean, he probably just had two pair. Two pair, and maybe thinking I'm just, like, got the ace of spades with a pair, maybe, or something like that. Or even, I guess, an over pair. I don't, I don't know what... I, I, I was so confused on what he could have there. Where he'd call three streets there. I don't think you should call street three streets with this, but if in theory, um, you would play like top pair with the ace of spades kicker, like that sometimes. Yeah. Right. Sometimes, kind of as a semi bluff to the nuts with top pair, top kicker. I don't know if this player, you know, was thinking like that, or maybe he thought you had an over pair, and he had, you know set two pair something like that yeah 
I was just very shocked. Well, and I guess I guess you talk about this a lot. Like you will do a lot of river bluffs where you will kind of jam. I mean, your your river your bets are always big, whether you have nothing or everything. Right. So I mean, and this was a gigantic. This was a pretty big bet into this pot. So I mean, it's maybe a little over pot. So it maybe this looked kind of bluffish. It looked like a missed draw. Right. I mean, and you can really take advantage of that when players are looking for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just betting, over betting pot to make it look like a bluff, and a lot of people call. Yeah, it's a. So I mean, so the session that picked up the session a little bit, and then I tell you what, there this is just a gym. It gets down to like four or five handed at the end middle of the night. It's like one a.m., one thirty. I'm like, okay, I'm about to leave. This guy comes in, man, jolly guy, big old dude, sits directly to my left. He's like, I'm here to have a good time and to lose this money. How much did he buy in for? Like five or six hundred. He bought in for five or six hundred, like five times. I mean, this dude, he would n- he was not folding a hand pre-flop, on the flop turn, a couple hands, I, a couple hands. I just decided I'll play it blind with you just to give this guy action, and I mean he would, I mean he was just, I mean part of it was bad luck because he just wasn't hitting anything either. But I mean he was all kinds of just there to have a good time. And I was like, oh, God, this guy is great for the game. <laughs> you should have gave him your number and <laughs> told him to give you a call next time he shows up. Oh, man. I told him. I was like, I, well, and I mean, I am legitimately not saying just because he was, like, spewing off money. But he was a funny dude. And I was like, dude, you need to come play here more often. Uh, he said he'd been there before a couple times. But it's that was the first time I'd ever seen him. Uh and I mean, he was just hilarious. But he, towards the end, he was drinking. He was drinking quite a bit, and it was getting to the point where, like, you know, like it's a good time and it's fun, to the point where it's getting kind of, like, to the end point of like you really need to slow it down. Like towards the, uh, like about two hours into it, you're like, uh, this is getting kind of bad. Was he like getting angry, like that kind of thing, like where he was kind of getting? Just- over emotional and angry at people no not that at all he was just getting to the point where nothing he said made sense yikes yeah i mean it was uh, like you'd be in a conversation with and uh, i mean he'd just go a different route with it and stuff but i mean he started off not that way at all and then you're like oh god so eventually i did pack it in on there i so here's a question for you like if somebody is just drunk and spewing off money is there ever a point where you're like, it's so bad that you're just like, I'm going to leave and not take advantage of this? Or is it, you know, hey, it's their right, it's their choice to, you know, do this? Oh, I mean, I can put it this way. I've sent the text a few times saying that I'm not leaving till this player leaves. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I've had it a few times where I was said I was only going to leave for about two hours and got home at seven in the morning. <laughs> so yeah uh this guy like like i say they got to a point well and I, I was just pretty tired at this point as well because i mean like i ended up playing like till four and i had meant to play to like two right so but i mean he was there and like i say at first it was just that he was fun to play with and i could tell i mean you know a very loose player who's gonna be i mean profitable and just make the game fun but yeah eventually i was like okay you gotta go but uh then that was a 1.1 thousand uh, night. Then last week I have a 255. Again, started off horrible. I I have become you as far like you used to like always like kind of lose it at the beginning, and you, that's when you like felt like you were really starting to play, and <laughs> yep. then you'd come back with like a vengeance. Lately, that's been me, not on purpose, but just because I have to. It's funny because you always say how often. I'm all in in the first orbit normally, <laughs> whatever we play together. Oh, it seemed like in the first orbit, like somehow all your chips are getting in the middle every single time, it seems like. I normally try to send a message early of my session. <laughs> <laughs> whether whether it's good or bad, the message is getting through. The message, these chips are not afraid to go in the middle. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, so the this session starts off, this is how bad this is, ace-king. 
I raise to 15, and it calls, I think, three or four ways. Flop an ace. Uh, it's like ace, seven, three. Uh, the turn is an ace. I'm like, oh, hell yes. I bet, and he calls. Then, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, I bet he calls. The river comes, doesn't change anything. He leads out into me. And I'm like, this is a very strange line. And I do get suspicious for a minute. But, I mean, I'm like, ace-king, I'm ahead of all... There was no queen on the board or jack on the board. I'm ahead of ace-queen, ace-jack. I think it was like 10-5-7. So, I'm like, should I just call here or... or Well, I'm never folding. <laughs> uh, should I just call here or re-raise? What was your take on it? At first, whenever I read the message, I thought it was a call. But then whenever we talked about it more, we were saying that you were leaving too much value on the table too often. That's how I felt. And I go, I re-raise, I think I go all in and he snap calls. I mean, like, literally. And I was like, the minute he did, I was like, okay, you have a boat. Right. And sure enough, he flopped A7 and turned the other ace. Uh, I guess it's a hand that kind of plays itself at these stack sizes. Right. Uh, could I have called? I guess. But I, I still feel like you're leaving a lot of value on the table doing that. Uh, but I claw back in. I claw back my way back on these sessions, too. Uh, just end up hitting pretty good hands. But I have one really interesting. It's a high-low hand. All right. So, I've got 5-5 five, five, Jack Jack, like, eight or something like that, a non-existent card. Uh, not a great high-low hand, but if I hit like a set of jacks or something like that, it, it can be pretty good. Uh, it flops ace five four. Okay, so for the high-low hand, so let me, so the flop is ace five four, what do you have? A set of fives. Okay. So, it checks I bet thinking I can maybe kind of take a maybe just take a stab at just taking this down now. Mm -hmm. uh, it calls, and the minute it calls, I think I'm kind of done with the hand. I mean, there's too many lows out there. There's a straight out there. I mean, now that I've hit some resistance, I'm just like eh. But it goes check check on the turn, and I know I'm drawing to a boat. Like I just uh, set of fives is not great here. Uh. I have pocket fives and pocket jacks. It's a jack on the river. So now you've upgraded your set of fives to a set of jacks. But that's not how my mind worked. For whatever reason, I thought because I had a set of fives and a set of jacks, I have a full house now. Well, I mean, that's going to be problematic at Showdown for sure. It was. Oh. <laughs> it was okay. very problematic. So I raised pretty big, thinking now I've got a full house I, for some reason, I thought I had jacks full of fives, and just, I mean, I did have jacks full of fives in some way, somehow, just not how it play, not how you play the hands. So, I raise, he calls, he's got the low, and then I'm like, well, I've got a full house. Well, I put down my hand, and I, uh, they're like, that's not a full house. <laughs> I'm like, oh God, no, that's not. I'm like, this is this is horrible. <laughs> so, <laughs> this is bad. But so they're awarding him the pot, but I have shown down my hand because I thought I had a full house. <laughs> so they're about they're scooping up the cards a little bit. Right. And I hear someone mention like well like that could have been a flush or something like out there or something i hear something about a flush i'm like oh my god i remember at the last moment <laughs> i had the back door to a flush and it was hearts and that last card was a heart i'm like so i stop everything in the middle of the hand i'm like i know this is bad <laughs> but i did table my hand and this is a uh and i have a flush 
So they have the five cards that are in there. They flip them back over. I mean, he's got them in his hand, and sure enough, it's a flush. And I'm like, <laughs> so, so how about half that ball? <laughs> so they get, so they do a deal, and I'm like, and then the own, and then they're kind of figuring it out. But this is a very new place. So he and I hear the guy like, "Well, how do I do this?" And the and then like the owner guy's one of the guy playing it. He's like, "Well, once the pot's been awarded, you can't really know." I was like, "Oh, you can very well know. We know exactly how many people were in the hand pre-flop. We know exactly how much the betting was. So we know how exactly how much is in the pot. So I get half of it of what's <laughs> over there. So it's because uh, it's already been scooped to the other guy. So I don't know how that works." But that's a that's kind of that was a very interesting. You want to talk about multiple embarrassments on one hand? (laughs) I think I have a full house. I don't have a full house, and then the flush that I don't know I have, I actually have. (laughs) I mean, I was tired that night. Hilo's a convoluted game, anyways, and I'm usually halfway decent at. But good lord, I just, I mean, talk about <laughs> shit your pants at the table. I mean, it was, it was, it was bad. I mean, super disgusting. Here's a question. Did you end up getting half the pot back? I did get half the pot. Nice. So that was, yeah, I mean, it was, that was, that part was very nice. <laughs> kind of strange how we started off the podcast where someone said they had one hand and didn't have it and then later that week you did the exact same thing <laughs> it just hit me while you were telling me the story i was like it sounds kind of like that straight hand oh yeah oh yeah it was it was a train wreck and a half <laughs> yeah oh i do have another one on the first session i mentioned this is kind of an interesting hand let me tell you let me get your idea of what you would do here I have a good preflop hand. I don't remember what it is. Ceases to matter. I raise. I get two dollars. <laughs> and I would raise. <laughs> uh, I, I bet the flop. I hit nothing, hoping to take it down. Uh, and it both call. I'm like, I'm done with the hand. But it checks through. Turn and river. Well, not only does it check through, it comes. I believe. Queen, queen, nine, nine, jack. Gotcha. So everyone had queen, two queens, two nines, and a jack kicker, right? So they played the board with two pair. Yeah. Well, and when nobody bets, I'm kind of like, I wonder if the board, I like, I know I had nothing here. I think I must have had suited connectors. I know I didn't have a high card that played. <laughs> I was say, how premium was this hand? I didn't play in this. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not that premium. I don't remember. I remember I raised. Uh, <laughs> It was, uh, so, okay, it goes check, check, check on the river. Right. I'm like, I'm playing the board. The guy to, two to my right mucks his hand. Wait, wait, did you verbalize you're playing the board? I believe so. Okay. Yeah, I, I think so. Uh, and the one guy mucks his hand, and the other guy to my left, Nicholas Cage, uh, also said, he's like, he's like, yeah, me too. And the guy, other guy mucks his hand. And he does a cards are in the muck. I'm like, and he, I think he's like annoyed or whatever. And he's waiting for me to be like, you know, oh, well, you know, we're all playing the board three ways. Was well, not coming. Cause yeah. I mean, this guy mucked his hand. And if I've told you anything, like one thing I hate is just people who randomly muck their hands all the time. It's, it, all it takes is just showing the cards over. So, he, he, uh, so, I mean, he, I mean, you could tell he didn't argue it, because there was nothing to argue, and I had seen this dude do this before, like, probably, like, four months ago at this place, in a gigantic pot, mucks his hand, which is the winning hand, and throws a fit about getting the pot to where they, actually, the other guy in the hand was just, like, a real nice guy, and didn't fight it, and they give him this, like, a thousand dollar pot where he mucks his hand. Ooh, all I gotta say is he's lucky he wasn't playing against me in that hand. Oh yeah, it's uh. So I'd already seen him do this, and I mean that's not even the only time I've seen him do this. So I was like, I mean he got pissed and left, and the dealer like I said there, I was like, I was like I know what he wanted. I know he wanted me to be like, oh just chop it three ways. We're all playing the board. I'm, I, I told the dealer it wasn't coming. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> At no point was that ever going to be a possibility. Yeah, I mean, like you always say, always share your cards at the end. That's it. That's yeah, what you always say. Uh, you know, <laughs> that night, that yeah. night, that what's weird is that night, it happened like four or five times. Like people just mucking the winning hand. Uh, it was very strange. It seemed like you're at the softest game you could find. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, like, I managed to be profitable again. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the $1,000 profit. Maybe not from my skills. Maybe just from my game selection. <laughs> game selection, yeah. But it's like, I just really want to reiterate turning them cards over. <laughs> so, yeah. Th- so that was a real interesting situation. I mean, definitely not you having a you know crazy people at the that work there just angle shoot but still kind of interesting yeah it's crazy cause like i said i didn't really recognize the dealer because i don't really play there like you know i don't know i just i i've seen that person in the room before but i i didn't know them as a dealer i don't i mean i just yeah i mean i recognize some dealers but i mean you know you see dealers a ton of dealers just everywhere right i mean do you think maybe some of these like people that work there and are dealing are just so new to the game? Maybe they don't understand how shitty that is for the ethics. No. Like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. I, I was really reaching there. Yeah. No. I think that player knew exactly what they were doing. They just. I don't know. I think they thought they were going to be winning in that session and were not, and were just frustrated. That's what I think. Okay, I want everybody to who is listening to this podcast. We have that. We have an Instagram page. You manage it. I barely know we have one. Uh, <laughs> it's a, a Texas Poker Podcast, right? Correct. I would like anybody who's listening to this to go to the Instagram and say if you think that that is just a slime ball as I think it is, or do you think that's just part of like kind of a shady a, a game, and that's how. That's how you play it. Because I'd be curious to see what, like, a majority of people say. Mm, that'd be really interesting. Because, I mean, you at first were outraged. Oh, uh, I was super outraged. I was outraged the second time. I mean, I, like, I'm, <laughs> I, my blood is still boiling. I mean. And I wasn't nearly as outraged. I was just like, hmm, that guy's kind of a jerk. You know, <laughs> it was kind of more my thought. <laughs> I was going to like, huh, noted, I guess. I don't know. I guess... Yeah, I don't know. It it just rubs me. It rubs me the wrong way when you're doing like to me. That's about as close as you can come to cheating without actually. I mean, it's actually cheat. I mean, just play the game the right way. It's not that hard. Well, I mean, kind of like what uh, Bart says on Crush Life Poker on one of the podcasts one time is like you can use all the poker um, not angles but you know moves and stuff up to the river. But when it's time to turn your cards over, it's the hand is kind of over. I mean, yeah. you just turned your cards over. There's no more angling. Or, I mean, I mean, I guess you could always just say, like, as long as the player is just going to, you know, make the person show and, sh- you know, turn their cards over, then, I mean, it really doesn't matter because it never works. Uh, I mean, so I guess it really doesn't matter in the long run, but I don't know. It's such a crappy thing to do. What do you think would happen if that player did muck? I mean, I, obviously, I guess he's just throwing his cards in the muck as fast as possible, right? Uh, but I meant, like, if somehow that player mucked and then they made him turn that, that card over, those cards over, what do you think happened? Or do you think it never uh, gets there? Because he did. I'm just saying. You know, uh, Bart Hansen had a podcast about this same exact situation. I remember. And I don't remember what it was. I don't remember what the ruling was. Because I do remember one time I ended up in a hand with someone, and they told me they had aces, and I had ace-jack. And I told him, I said, well, I'm just drawing dead, basically. And I remember when I got up and left, I'm sure he had aces, but he never showed them. And it didn't really dawn on me until after I had left. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, it was one a horrible call, because, like I said, I had ace-jack. So, <laughs> I mean, and he had aces, so. But I, I just, because I always kind of remember thinking, like, what if he had never even had aces? He just told me he had aces. I mean, obviously it happens. So yeah, definitely you. Yeah, I think you definitely have to make them show at that point. It's, uh, it's just, I don't know. All these arguments. I mean, these arguments of breakout in poker. The rules are very clear cut. I mean, there's not that much open for interpretation. And I don't know. Stuff like this just throw stuff like this, like somebody intentionally being an ass, uh, and then it will do it to me. 
Not turning over your cards at showdown will drive me nuts. Turning your cards over in the middle of the hand and getting pissed off about it. Because I've seen I've seen these multiple times throughout in a month. Just multiple times in every all the in these situations. And then announcing your hand that it's the winning hand and going to muck it. Because I've seen players do this too when it actually is the winning hand, but they never showed it. Because we saw that at one of the poker rooms where we were both at the table. Yep. Oh, yeah. So. But here's something, I guess, something I wanted to kind of talk about before we end the episode because we're kind of going long here. But uh, something that I've noticed that happens for me, I want to see if it happens to you. Whenever I go to a session with a set time that I can play, and if, like, I'm not... I'll sometimes try to force the action or force plays that I would not normally. Do you ever do that? You told me this at, yeah, you've mentioned this to me before. Uh, I don't really notice myself doing that much. I mean, I will say this. I don't like playing in like forced short sessions really, but I think like my pre-flop hand ranges are kind of, you know, what they are. So, I don't know. I like it doesn't seem to have the same effect on me. I mean, don't, no, I don't. I haven't really noticed it as much. It just, uh, it just kind of is what it is, I guess. Well, because like you said, any hour, two hours, or three hours of poker is a hundred percent variance, right? Right. I mean, anything can happen. You could be the most winning player. You could be making a thousand dollars an hour, or you know, negative a thousand dollars an hour. On right. any given hour. In that short term, luck is gonna luck is gonna triumph in that short term. Right. And a man, I mean I've noticed it so bad where I just quit doing it. I don't even do it anymore. If it's gonna be like a forced two hour session or something. Yeah. I just won't even bother. Cause I mean, I really get a fa- I'm like trying to make I really start, and I consciously know I'm doing it and try to stop it, still do it. Yeah, that's true. I mean if well, at least you've consciously kind of figured out like that you do that, and that's a leak, and that you've you know kind of plugged that leak just by not you know putting yourself in that situation. Well, I mean, I guess here's where I guess it really is when I'm in a spot in that situation where I'm leaning toward make the bluff that's probably not going to work, don't make the bluff, or make this loose hero call that he might not be bluffing, but I do want to be positive this session, so I'm calling, you yeah. know. Or something like that. Or I'm going to put the big bet in on the river. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I can definitely see how the mentality would overtake. And I mean, I have other leaks in my game without a doubt. But I I haven't noticed it being that one being one. Uh, now, that being said, I don't play as ton of short sessions either. But when I have, I haven't noticed it that much. So, it's... I guess I just kind of let the cards where they uh, fall where they may and hope for the best. I guess that's great words to end the podcast on. Okay. <laughs> right. This was the Texas Poker Podcast. See you guys next week. We're out. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up. Add time and we'll see you next week.